0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. God bless you. God bless you. I know that you could have been anywhere today, so thank you for choosing to be with us at Calvary Church, and I hope and believe that your experience will be a good one. And if I have not had an opportunity of meeting you, If there's any way at all that you could give me just a few minutes of your time, I would love to meet you before you uh, go home today or before you go eat lunch. I would love that opportunity. To the book of Philippians, we'll go to chapter number one. And this morning, I am putting a conclusion on a four-part series We've been in a series called Set for Life. And everybody look at this image. Today will kind of be the last time we work from this image. This image, uh, Pastor Dustin really did a great job setting the mindset of what I was wanting to get across. When we make the mistake of thinking that this is what life's all about, we, we really bring a lot of pain into our world because uh, there's nothing wrong with nice vehicles, boats, and homes but here's the problem with them. They'll all fall apart, break down, or sink. Yes, I said sink because I've sunk a really nice boat before. They'll all uh, need new roofs. They'll need uh, new engines eventually and a plug for a boat. They all have a need. And the thing is, if you get off track and think that Everything in life revolves around stuff. You'll miss out on the best part of life, and the best part of life is not in the here and now. The best part of life is the next life. So what I've been trying to do for the last few weeks is teach and preach you into getting your mind off of this world and getting your mind on things that are above, which are heavenly things. These things are fun and these things are completely okay to have here. Just don't get too attached to them because they're not going anywhere with you whenever you make your journey to heaven. Uh, one country preacher said it this way, he's never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse because it doesn't work that way. You can't take anything with you. So enjoy your time here on earth, but just don't get too attached to it because we're wanting to go somewhere greater. Can I get an amen? amen? The first week of the series, we talked about the misery of more. If you're not careful, you will want more, 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 and you'll never have enough. The second week, we talked about living under godly principles. If you will just live by God's ways, you'll have all of this stuff here, but it won't own you. You'll own it. It won't own you. And then last week was missions. We talked about making a difference together. If you ever want to get yourself set for life, make a difference being a part of a team, and we call that a church, and that, that will really get you set for life. And then today, I wrap things up with a fun little subtopic, and that is never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you sweat. Who are we talking about? The world. Well, why would I sweat? Because you get worried about things of the world and you get a little bit worked up and nervous about it. And I just want to preach you into thinking bigger than that. Don't ever sweat the small things of this life because that's all they are, the small things of this life. Now, I want to set things up today by, uh, it's going to be a little risky what I'm about to do, but I feel really led to do it. Uh, we're, We're just a few weeks away from... Some things changing in our nation. It's election day coming up. And I am not saying by no means that I've heard from the Lord on this. I'm not saying that this is prophetic and that this will happen. I do feel, though, as a pastor of an incredible local church, that it's my job to talk to you about things that I feel that's in my heart. And I think that we might be, no matter how the election goes, that's neither here nor there, so to speak. But however the election goes, I think that we're going to be entering into a season, possibly, of some challenges in our nation. From a fiscal or financial uh, approach, I think that we're going to start seeing our interest rates lifted up a little bit. Uh, Can't operate the way we've been operating too much longer. I think the stock market's going to correct itself, uh, I do not claim to be a know-it-all on any of this stuff. I do listen and I do read and I do study a lot of this kind of stuff because it's kind of interesting to me. And what I'm hearing from people far more smarter than myself is that maybe after this election that our country along with the globe, world markets, will probably find itself shifting a little bit. And some of you are old enough to know the cycles, those seven-year cycles. And it was just right back uh, at, the, at the latter end of 2007, entering into early 2008, that our country did respond and had to correct itself in some housing areas and financial areas. And it's probably just kind of coming back around. I do not talk like this out of fear. I talk like this out of trying to mix a little common sense and then making sure that my faith sits on top of my common sense rather than my fear sitting on top of common sense. Faith is not ignoring reality. Faith is acknowledging reality and then putting God in it. Did you catch that? Faith is not... Oh, that, I ain't worried about that. I don't, I don't care what happens, man. I got God. That's not faith. That's just good talk. Faith is seeing the reality, doing everything you can do to navigate through tough times and putting God right on top of it and acknowledging that he's the one calling the shots anyway. So today, uh, I want to kind of approach this last sermon in this series with if you're gonna be set for life, you're gonna have to know how to go through some tough days in this life. Because mama said there will be days like this. Man, y'all, y'all too spiritual. <laughs> I really thought, like, this service, I really thought there'd be days like this. I was expecting it, and y'all just <laughs> sat cold on me. There's gonna be some tough days. Philippians chapter number one. So who do we have that we can learn from? Uh, We can learn from Paul. Paul's had some tough days. Paul said one time in Corinthians, he said he sunk a ship and he just swam all night and all day, he was shipwrecked. He also said in Corinthians that he was beaten, beaten with a rod. He also said he was found naked. He was found without shelter. He was found in low, low places. One place in in Corinthians, it said he was was stoned. And before any of you make the mistake of thinking, well, at least he got some relief. It was with rocks that he (laughs) got. All I see is doing, everybody's like, everybody's like that, man, it's so funny. What's interesting, Sister Sherry, you've been in both services today, Sherry. I love you. And what's interesting about that little statement right there, in the first service, they thought it was hilarious. Is it the 60s that came out in the first service? First service, man, they were like, "Ah, and they're all like, they weren't supposed to laugh. That That was the service that should have been like, but they were all like, And now all of you are like, oh man, no, 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 uh -uh." uh-uh. Y'all are weird, man. Never know how y'all gonna respond, you know. But Paul's had some tough days. And Paul's gonna teach us how to work through this. Everybody, let's get started. Philippians chapter number one, verse nine through eleven. Paul's in jail. He is literally in prison. And what makes this interesting is he was supposed to be preaching somewhere. He was supposed to be preaching a revival meeting, a crusade, a tent revival, but he got arrested. Now everybody at the revival meeting's all been out of shape saying, where's the preacher? Oh, he's in jail. Well, now what are we gonna do? We rented the tent, we got the sound system, we got the ushers, we got the ready for the half church And now the preacher's not here. This thing's going downhill real quick. So they start complaining. Meanwhile, Paul's in prison and he starts writing them a letter. And this is what he tells them in the NIV. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. We need some knowledge and we need some insight in the days to come so that you may be able to discern what is best. In the days to come, you need to have a spiritual antenna to know what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Right here in chapter number one, Paul is going to show us how to deal with future days of stress, of trouble, possibly on a national level, global level. And if you don't buy into that, which is totally fine with me, because I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if you don't want to go there, if you don't like that way of thinking, I know this much, if you just keep living long enough, you'll have your own personal bad day. Everybody's going to have a day that you wish never came, whether it's a struggle financially, a loss of a loved one, a flat tire, a slip and transmission, you name it. Everybody's gonna have a bad day eventually. So if you don't wanna look at it the way I'm trying to show you what I feel may be happening, if you just wanna think about how do I deal with my rotten Tuesday, with my terrible Thursday, how do I deal with my next bad day, Paul tells us. And here it is. Philippians chapter one again, staying in that chapter. Look at verse number 12. He tells us, here's your first thing you have to do when bad days come is we need to have the right perspective. It matters how you look at things. Y'all remember the glass of water? It's either half empty (laughs) or it's half full. Anybody do life with a half-empty person? It's half-empty. That's how I feel about my coffee cup. It's half-empty. Top it off. Or it's half-full. Paul says, have the right perspective. When bad days come, have the right perspective of that day. This is how he says it. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, meaning jail time, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. I've never heard of a preacher being thrown in jail that said it was to advance the gospel. But this preacher, this preacher was thrown in jail for innocence reasons, And he says, I know you're upset that I didn't make it to the camp meeting, but I'm in jail. And believe it or not, it's going to be all right. It's going to be better than all right. God's going to do something in my trouble that he couldn't do at that revival meeting. Now, I need somebody to stretch yourself and just receive this right now into your heart. I know none of us want a terrible Tuesday. But if you'll have the right perspective, God can do something in your terrible Tuesday that you can't do any other day of the week. If you'll choose not to sweat it, if you'll choose not to break under it, if you'll choose not to give in to it and say, oh, it's just a terrible Tuesday. If you'll choose not to go that route, but rather say, it's a terrible Tuesday, but God's up to something. It matters how you look at whatever it is you're going through. Now, I know come November 9th, some of y'all going to wake up on, Tuesday, on, on November 9th and y'all going to go, good Lord Jesus, what was he doing now? And some of y'all going to wake up on, Tuesday, on, on November 9th and be going, glory, glory. It really doesn't matter. Because however things shake out with that, God has a way of showing up and showing out in the middle of the midnight hour just when you think that nothing's making sense, just when you think that everything, hey. I'm just going to say it. I can get away with it in this service because you know I'm not trying to cuss. If I said this in the first service, they'd be going, look at him looking for an opportunity to cuss. I'm not looking for an opportunity to cuss. I don't need an opportunity to cuss. But when all hell breaks loose, don't, don't you one time second guess that God can't work because God's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Even if it breaks loose, God is in control And you don't have to sweat it. Don't get all worked up, bent out of the shape, and and start sweating this thing. Let God work it out. Somebody say amen. amen. Boy, I tell you what. I didn't feel this when I woke up. I'm about to preach in this house this morning. I feel like I'm in classic service, but all of them got young and awake all of a sudden. You know what's happening? Brother Gordon Patton done snuck in on my second service. Gordon's in the second service. And y'all may say, what's the big deal? Cause it ain't never happened before. I looked over there through the dark midnight lights of the second service and I saw a shining light, Gordon standing there and I thought, Lord Jesus, he's coming soon cause Gordon's in the second service. And then I thought they got marital problems cause his wife was in the first service. Now I know the Lord has to come soon because they can't have problems. (laughs) They the patents. They perfect. God bless y'all. Y'all dismissed. (laughs) Hey, see that clock? Turn that thing off because I ain't looking at it. Make it go zero right now. What's funny about that is in the first service, I said, put 25 up there. I think I am preaching 25 minutes. And that bald-headed, good, singing, sound man said, you want to put a Coke on that? <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want to put a Coke on that. So in the second service, he said, I put 25 up there. You preach 40 minutes. I said, put 30. I'll do better. <laughs> I just looked, and I'm down to 15. It ain't going good for Brother Brandon today, but I choose to have the right perspective. Amen. Everybody say, preach a little while. Did you mean that? Now, I want you to know that what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. Kind of sounds like Joseph. Joseph was thrown in the pit, put into slavery, thrown into the prison, blamed for rape, which he was innocent from. Then got promoted, and then he finds himself saving his family, saving a a, a nation of people. And he basically said the words, what y'all thought was going to harm me? has been a blessing to me, and it's been a blessing to you. Some of y'all got to have the right perspective of what's happening in our world. What's happening in our world, it looks like a setback. Here's a little preacher saying for you. Some of y'all need to use this. It looks like a setback, but it's a setup. It's a set up for what God's up to. Just let things go the way they're going. Just put faith and God on top of it. Have the right perspective. Number two, be a part of the solution. Be a part of the solution. Paul says in Philippians number chapter 1 and verses 13 through 14, as a result, it has become clear as a result of what? Me being in jail. As a result of me being in jail, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Jesus. I have been in chains, I've been thrown in jail for his sake and because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly because their pastor was thrown in jail for not doing one thing criminally. Every other lay minister has spoken up in greater ways. Now the word of God is being shared to more people all because of what looked like trouble for Paul has sparked a revival greater than the revival meeting that he would have ever preached. So these men could have been a part of the problem. They could have said, we're going to go march and protest the jail." We're gonna go to the jail with our signs and we're gonna walk around and protest because that's what we do when we're upset. We protest. I don't know why I went into that accent. Maybe that's what protesters do. I don't know. But instead of protesting, they preached. Everybody listen to me. Coming down the stretch, instead of being complainers, instead of protesting, instead of, being, instead of being negative, how about we share more of the love of Jesus Christ than we've ever done before? And that way when things look like they're in trouble, things aren't in trouble. Things are better than they've ever been. How are they better than they've ever been? Because more people are hearing about Jesus. Be a part of the solution. Don't be a part of the problem. Nudge your neighbor and say, that dude is preaching to you. He is preaching to you. <laughs> Number three. He tells us in verses 15 through 18, word came to Paul that there were some preachers now that Paul was in jail, that there were other preachers now because his covering was not there they've moved out of his covering and now they're starting, to, they're starting to use the church for the wrong reasons. Even though people were hearing about Jesus, they were using all of that for the wrong reasons and this is how it goes down. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others of goodwill. This is verses 15 through 18. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. And then Paul drops this bombshell. But what does it really matter? What does it matter? Y'all are all worked up. Y'all are sweating that these preachers out here are doing this and these preachers are doing that. Y'all are sweating that I'm in jail and I can't do anything about it. Why are y'all worried about it? It doesn't really matter. The important thing is that in every way, whether false motives or true motives, that Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. So what do we do when trouble comes? Listen, everybody. What do we do when trouble comes? We keep the right perspective. We're a part of the solution. And we always think about what matters most. So when your money's starting to run out, look at your loved ones. Money's not everything. When when, when trouble comes, don't look at how to make it worse. Be a part of the solution. When trouble comes, don't look at it like it's gonna be all terrible. Look at what God can do in it. Have the right perspective. Be a part of the solution and think about what matters most. Now let me close today with this because some of you I just said let me close and someone just clapped. I don't know how I don't know how that works. Now let me close. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That threw me. Check it out real quick, everybody. That's a recovery plan for what's possibly coming down the line in your life. And I'm just praying in the name of the Lord that when you have your woeful Wednesday, I'm praying that you will go back to this sermon and keep the right perspective. When you have your frightening Friday, that you'll be a part of the solution. If you have your sad Saturday, that you'll think about what matters most, but then there's someone here today that says that you're, you're too late. I'm in my day of crisis. My wife and I, or my husband and I, we walked in today because this is probably our last service together because we're filing for divorce. Some of you walked in here today, Pastor Tommy. You're a little too late for this sermon. I wish you would have preached it back in August because. We're we're, we're filing bankruptcy. Some of you are in your moment right now. It's not what's happening tomorrow. You're in your tragedy right now. And I just want you to know that I have a word for you. And that I'm going to pray over you. So I've given you this plan for the future but there's some of you and right now right this very moment while I preach to you, if you'll be be here mentally, if you'll be thoughtful enough to hear the word of God, I'm going to set you free by the word of God right now. Literally. Things can change right now for you. And this is how it will work. A few chapters over in Philippians chapter number four. Paul gives us the plan for right now deliverance. And you don't have to leave here sweating the way you walked in. He tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Everyone say everything. everything. In everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, think, think on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard of me or seen in me, put it into practice And the God of peace will be with you. Some of you need the peace of God that can only come from the God of peace. You don't need a hot, warm bath without any screaming kids. That's a break. You don't need a break. You need peace. You don't need a trip to Cancun with one of them all-inclusive deals. No, 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 no. Maybe, but no, 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 no. You need peace that can only come from the God of peace. You don't need a vacation. You don't need a break. What you need is the peace of God from the God of peace because your world's crumbling. And this may not be 100% of you, but I got a feeling right now that you were here not by accident. You have walked in here with a need, and by the help of the Holy Spirit, you give me five more minutes of your time. We're going to meet that need by the help of the Lord. Number one, Paul says, Don't you be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. You're worrying more than you're praying, you're sweating more than you're praising. Check it out. Listen to me, guys. One of the most crucial things not to do when all hell breaks loose in your life is to give in to it. Take it and give it to the Lord. Prayer still works. I know that we're trending in Christendom to to a real pop psychology positive thinking, and I'm, I'm all about me some positive thinking, but I can't think my way out of some things, but I can pray my way out of all things. And there's some of you that have walked in here today and you're weighed down. You've got the weight of the world on you. You've got so much stuff you're dealing with and trying to navigate through and you've missed it because you're trying to think your way out of it. You can't think your way out of those kind of problems. You need to pray your way out of those problems. And prayer looks different than anybody else's. Some of you need an altar to kneel on. Some of you need a prayer closet, a war room. Me, I, 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 some of y'all have probably seen me in town and thought, "Oh, poor pastor, he's he, he's just a little different sometimes." I am a little different sometimes because my prayer. I love my truck in a parking lot where I don't know anybody, and I turn my phone completely off, and I get in my little weird spot where I don't care who's driving up, I don't care who's looking, and I just start thinking about the Lord. And then I start talking to the Lord. And I would tell y'all where I normally go, but y'all would think bad of me because it's right down here at the Taco Bell. I love that parking lot. I go across the interstate. I pull up and I point my truck right back towards the church. And man, I just sit there, thousands of cars. And I just kind of have my moment. That's different than probably some of you. But that's where I go and I just talk to the Lord And then he'll talk back to me. And then they'll say, can we help you in there? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Everybody say prayer. Prayer. Are you praying or are you sweating it? Why waste your time sweating it? Pray about it. Well, Pastor, Tommy, I can't go over there. You don't have to go over there. Pray right where you are. Any time of the day, pray. And then he goes on to tell me this. He says, he says in, in, uh, in Philippians chapter number four, he goes on to say this, not only make your request known to God, and then he talks about what's consuming your mind. Everybody say worship. I can promise you this much. Things will change today if you'll start praying more than you're worrying and if you'll start worshiping more than you're worrying. Worship is nothing more than where you're putting your time and energy and effort and your thinking. That's your worship. You can literally be an idol worshiper and never own a statue of gold. You could be a worshiper of your job, a worshiper of your money, a worshiper of check it out, a worshiper of your health. And some of you right now, you you just right there thought. A worship of my, yeah, yeah. Some of y'all worry, worry, worry. And you think that you can get so fit to live. I was with a man yesterday. Told me, he said, man, I'm not eating this and that because I don't want to die of this and that. And it was weighing on him. I could see the fear in his mind. And man, my thing is this, all about, man, I got to give my shout out to my good looking woman right there. That little girl's done become a camp gladiator, addicted, crazy woman. She's she, she waking me up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Every morning she wakes up at 5 in the morning. And I tell her, turn the lights off when you leave. <laughs> and she a bunch of, with all these, all these unbelievable workout people, they're all out in these parking lots working out, getting healthy. But can I tell you something? While all that's good and dandy, can I just tell you right now? You can literally have your worship focused on sports, hunting, fitness, you can have your worship focused on your kids. Some of y'all are in kid-centered families where everything's about your kids. But in, Let me tell you, you will worry yourself sick over your family, your money, your health, your mind. You will worry all the way. Combat- you're, you're going against what God's saying. God's saying, why don't you worship a little bit and let me help you get a little healthier. Let me help you get a little bit more stable. Let me help you through what you're sweating. I don't know if you're tracking with this right now. Let me tell you something. Everything goes better when you're praying more and you're worshiping more. You pause long enough, they'll clap. It's that sales, you know, that sales deal where the pause, whoever speaks first wins, I just... One of these days, I'm going to do that, and y'all going to call me on it. Everybody's going to go. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, that's right. <laughs> Let me give you one more, and then I'll dismiss you. The Word. You pray, you worship, and you get into this Word. Can I tell you something? You'll build your life on a foundation Will the winds blow? You better believe it. Will the rain fall? Absolutely. Because it does on the good, bad, and the ugly. Will troubles come? Yeah. It's going to knock on your front door. But your house won't crumble. Because it'll be built on a foundation that will last. Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace. Have they who love your law? Nothing can make them stumble. Matthew chapter seven. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, beat against that house. Yes, it yet, rather, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. Recovery plan for what's to come. Have the right perspective. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Think about things that matter. But for some of you in the moment, you need to pray. You need to turn your worship on. And you need to get into his word. And I can promise you that much. God will wipe that sweat off your brow and set you at peace. Stand with me this morning. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jeff. Just, just play right there just for a moment. We've had an incredible month. This series has been fun. I've enjoyed teaching it. We're going to be shifting gears today. I'm closing out this series. If, go online. Go to our app if you want to catch up with those parts of misery, the, the, the uh, misery of more If you want to hear that, they're available for your hearing. The God's Principles sermon's available for your hearing. I don't know what's gotten into me for these last several months, man. I've just been feeling strong to remind you. Don't get too satisfied in this old world. Everybody listening? Don't check out yet. Listen to me. Don't get too satisfied in this world. Get focused on the next one. Because this life is not about this life, it's about the next one. Make the most of this one. Make you some money. Save a lot of it. Get healthy. Be happy. Take vacations. Don't miss the ball games. Do all that you can do. Just know. That when it's over. There's a whole nother season. Called eternity. And I want to do it. With you. Because as fun as this is. That's going to be even better. Erica. Erica. How many people you want to sign up for Camp Gladiator today? Do you own that business? Is that kind of like a business model that you own and run? Yeah. How many people show up every morning? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'm helping you. About 30? 30 crazy people. Some of y'all need to make that a part of your routine. Now, I'm looking for my friend. Where's she at? Uh, Dan, is Jan here today? Jan, how's our ladies' prayer meeting going on Tuesday mornings? Going good? All the ladies in the house, you may say, what prayer meeting? Every Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. You ought to make that a part of your routine. Where's Greg Clark? Greg, how's your small group Concerning teaching through the whole Bible. Study of the whole Bible. How's that going? Small group going good? How big's your small group? Unbelievable. Worship, prayer, the Word. Some of y'all need to make up your mind right now that you're going to be in a small group in the spring semester. We're going to get through these holidays We're going to launch into a new small group semester. Some of y'all need to make a commitment right now that you're going to get into a small group that studies the Word of God more. Some of y'all need to make a commitment. Is Ramon and Amanda here today? Where's Ramon and Amanda? Are they here today? Ramon and Amanda are going to be launching into a brand new prayer small group next spring. Whole new nightly, uh, not every night, but a, a, a p.m. prayer meeting. Something that we need in this church. We're going to have a new prayer meeting scheduled. It's going to be at night because not everybody can make these Tuesday morning prayers. You need to make that a part of your routine. There's others of you that you want to lead a prayer meeting. Why don't you register to lead a small group, go through a little bit of a small group training, and why don't you start a prayer meeting? There's your camp gladiator. Get yourself healthy. Healthy. Y'all might just want to stay right there because the rush is going to be crazy. It's going to be others of you. You're going to need to do all these other things. And I can promise you this much. You'll stop sweating the small stuff. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, thank you for a few minutes with good friends. Thank you for the incredible middle part of our service today. That was just phenomenal. I bless this audience in Jesus' name with health, with happiness, contentment, But beyond all of that, I bless them with the confidence that you're in control and we're not going to get stumbled and troubled by the small things in this life. We're going to keep moving and we're not going to sweat it. We're going to be set for life in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you guys. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.